Fox Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 59. It's a happy little sun. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Hey, hey. And to my right, Mr. Brett Crockley. Good evening, viewers. How are you, gentlemen? Good. Yeah, not bad. Big show. Better than you. Yeah, um, I'm a little bit under the weather. A little bit under the weather. A little, little bit, bit drained. Little Spent bit drained. a lot of today in, in bed, mm-hmm. uh, which was good. I, no. do, I do like spending a day in bed. Yeah. It turns out. Yes. <laughs> Did you get to uh, do it with somebody today? No. No, just just with my cold. Okay. You know, spend a day in bed good, with my cold. Good, good day to spend in bed too. It was pretty crappy out there. Yeah, yeah. Lots of rain in, mm. uh, in Melbourne town. Mm. Big show. More rain than we had for all of October. Mm. Right. In the last 24 hours. Mm. Well, that's good to know. Mm. It's good to know that my cold can coincide with that. Huge show. Huge show. Uh, we've got James Talia. Our UK correspondent. That's fantastic. Mm. UK, UK, European, uh, Northern Hemisphere correspondent, James Talia. Yes, yes indeed. Uh, he'll be calling in from our London bureau indeed. Uh, later on in the show. Finally, uh, making his self worth uh, the money that we're outlaying on oh, right. actually uh, <laughs> keeping him <laughs> over there. That $15 a night for the backpackers is, that's really putting a strain on my wallet now. Mm. So it's because it's not fifteen dollars. I thought it was fifteen dollars. It's fifteen pounds. Yes, mm. which is about forty-five. Forty-five slash one hundred and twenty, mm. depending on whether or not it's a Wednesday. <laughs> uh, also, we're going to talk about the Glass House and uh, and it being cancelled or not renewed or decommissioned or whatever kind of euphemism you want to place on that. Falling victim to the well, we'll discuss that conservative. We'll discuss that later on in the show. Uh, we've got an I Don't Buy It. We've got more talk about the fall season this week. We're looking at The Class and Shark mm-hmm. uh, as part of the fall season in well, the actually, US. Actually, I think only one of us looked at The Class. Yes, but as a group, we'll be looking at The Class and Shark. Yes. Do you want to correct me on that, Brett? <laughs> no. You, you want to start now? You want This early in the show, you want to start? <laughs> I mean, really. We're going to finish it off with pork and, as always... Kick things off with the Box Cutters News. And now for the news. And firstly in news... What did you want to do first? Uh, sorry, I, I mouthed the words Axel Whitehead. Axel Whitehead. Axel Whitehead. What an idiot. Axel Whitehead, the host of Video Hits, has resigned his permis- uh, position. From Channel 10. From Channel 10. Now, this is a result of him being on the Arias on Sunday night. And uh, revealing himself. Yeah. To the room, not to the TV viewers. Well, it would have been to the TV viewers if they hadn't caught it in time. Well, they, they, they managed to uh, they managed to chop it out in time. You know, it's actually two things. Mm-hmm. There are actually two things about it. One is yes, they managed to chop out his cock in time, which sounds really painful. And two <laughs> uh, uh, was also when he gave Human Nature the award and yeah. called them Boytown, mm-hmm. which he had been told time and time again not to do. Yes. Under no circumstances was he to do that. They were very sensitive about it, and. 
And and then did you see their performance afterwards? Yeah, oh, yeah it was that was about the only the only bit I saw. It just wouldn't stop. No, they'd no. get they'd get to the end of one chorus and it was a new freaking song <laughs> again and again and now, again. Now the, the thing with this, what what was he doing? I, as, I, as, I reckon he was looking to get out of his contract pretty damn smart. <laughs> it so, must so have he, been premeditated. He, I've, he I've simulated got... masturbation on the trophy as they were coming yep. up to stage and then somehow revealed himself when they were on stage. The story I heard... Oh, now, now is this the official story? Cause, no. Because you work in the Rove offices. I work in the... I work in of course, it was on and... your network, so uh, you, you, you've probably got your spies in amongst the staff. Uh, but no, this, the story I heard elsewhere was that he and Jabba, uh, Jabba from Channel V. Uh, not, not Jabba the Hutt. Not Jabba the Hutt. Uh, but Jabba, who was uh, in the bubble with Regurgitator when, uh, when they were doing that whole uh, mishmash album. Uh, he and Jabba were having this kind of one-upmanship bet slash dare thing. Uh, and it just escalated to that. Now, that's not an excuse by any means. It just shows how much of a cockhead Axel Whitehead actually is. Uh, well, well, I mean, this is the point. Axel was uh, found his fame via Australian Idol. Yes. Like many other people. And he and fellow Idol Kelly Cavorto, I think her name were, was, were they were co-hosting video hits together. Yeah, and she was quite good. She got kicked off two years ago for a drunken outburst at the Nickelodeon Kids Awards really? in 2004. I was wondering what happened to her. Now... This is the point. If you're using Idol to get your quote-unquote talent, and it's not even the best of the talent. This isn't Shannon Knoll and Guy Sebastian. This is the dregs. And if that's what you're using as your talent, this is the kind of crap you're going to get. It's, it's really going to be people from Frankston. Yep. It's, and, you know, and they're not all Jackie O. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> I think, but, you know, they, they can't all hold themselves professionally. That, you know, they're still going to be bogans who, you know, have come up too fast, too quickly. Mm. Too much, too quickly, I meant to say. Whatever. That. Yeah. So, but, um, rest in peace, Axel. Yeah. Yeah. May, may he never come on our television ever again. Uh, Michael Hurwitz and uh, writer Richard Day. Michael Hurwitz was the exec producer and creator of Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be uh, developing an adaptation of the BBC4 series... The thick of it for uh, Sony Pictures. What's uh, what's that about? Uh, it's about uh, a put-upon member of Parliament who is continually harassed by inept bureaucrats working for the Prime Minister and other politicians and civil servants. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing they will just swap that to be Congress. Yes. The end. The end. So well, we, we haven't seen that here, have we? Uh, the thick of it? No, I, I haven't seen it. But it stars Chris Langham, who uh, has been in... Quite a lot of uh, UK comedies, and mm-hmm. uh, sounds it, you know from the sound of it, it's it's quite good. Uh, Sony, who are producing it, haven't found a buyer yet for the for the concept, but I'm sure it's going to end up on HBO or Showtime or something. And they'll sell a series, and then a half a series, and and then the last series will be um, full of of uh, rumor and innuendo about uh, getting axed. Do you reckon if Fox wanted it, they'd give it to Fox? Uh, possibly. Possibly. They were, I, on, know, they were on Fox with the rest of it, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And 
I think, you know, the thing is with doing shows in the States, whoever's going to give you money, that's where you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Studio 60 notwithstanding, the, the stories in that, not necessarily true. Yeah. You really go wherever the money is. Yeah. Yeah. News in sport. Oh, to counter those who might say that uh, we don't like sport. Uh, 3RW has announced that Foxtel are going to be uh, broadcasting four live and exclusive games each week out of a finally done deal between uh, Foxtel and 7 and 10. So hang on, this is an AFL story. Yes, which is sport. I thought, But I thought we did a... Didn't, didn't we do a... Jessica Rowe. Jessica Rowe on the AFL? No. We did, but Brett's just been ignoring did it for it? the right. last three weeks. Fair enough. No, I'm, I missed that <laughs> completely. Um, so, Brother, listen to the show. So Channel <laughs> really? 7 uh, paid... How much did they pay? For two games a week, basically. So, so, so hang on. So, they're only, that so Channel 7 are getting two games a week, Channel 10 are getting two games a week, and Fox... So what, they're going to have this on their Fox Sport 3? Uh, hasn't been confirmed. Uh, announcement ex- is expected on Monday. And this is... So, so this is, but this is actually what's going to happen. Mm. It's not going to SBS. It's not going to Channel Nine. It's not going to the ABC. It's not it's, going to Allstar. It's, it's not, not going to that other select TV. It's not going to be available in an animated Flickr book that no. you can buy in Newsagent. And basically, it just means football fans are the losers. Football fans without Foxtel are the losers. Yeah, we're going from having five games a week, pick of the games, to having four games a week, the loser games. Yeah, which, you know, there goes my following of... Uh, oh, well, no, loser games. Carlton will probably still be there then. Yeah, we'll, we'll get Carlton every week. Hooray. Well, that's, that's good. I'll get to follow them finally. <laughs> that's, that's shocking. Still in sport, uh, S- I, I did hope to uh, just mention that and move on. Uh, SBS have secured the free-to-air television rights for the 2009 Ashes Test Series, uh, reportedly really? for $2 million. Fantastic. That did it. A bang-up job last year. Didn't they? they deserve it. Yeah. The deal permits SBS to broadcast live telecasts of the five test matches, all one-day internationals between Australia and England. Oh, and all one-days, because last, last year it was just... Channel 7 had the one-dayers, and it was just the Ashes. Yeah, and right. Channel 7 would show half the one-dayers, and it's terrible. And daily online highlight clips uh, come back again. This year's, this summer's uh, Ashes, which uh, probably have the most buzz that they've had for a couple of decades. Uh, Channel 9 are broadcasting those ones, and they have a record number of broadcast sponsors who have all signed up for $4.5 million to advertise during the series. It should be a great series. Hey, uh, speaking of Channel 9 and Cricket Australia, they've got together and they're releasing a special $25 cricket radio. Mm. What? And this just picks up the Channel 9 commentary team, whether you're close to a television or not. Really? Yeah. Why would you bother? <laughs> that's not a radio. That's an, that's an audio-only TV. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an interesting point. <laughs> but it, it, well, they're saying it's a radio because surely it's got to tune into UHF frequency. No, I, I don't know the technical schematics. No, of, radio of, frequency of, of, of the the situation. I just know that they're selling this special radio. Which, How much? Twenty five dollars. Twenty five bucks. Which for nobody, something that you can't change the channel on. <laughs> no one is going to buy because. Everybody knows that the Channel 9 commentary is the worst thing about their, I understand co- their if, cricket. If, like, they gave them away free with a can of Coke, 
Like that would make sense. All those boon dolls with, yeah. that, with a slab of VB yeah. or something. <laughs> or if you can have if you can have those boon dolls and they'd have a moving mouth that when the commentary was on, it looked Lip-sync like Booney was was talking to. They, you. They've got another one this year. They've got the uh, talking um, Ian Botham. Uh, really? So you can get a Booney and a Botham. Get out of here! Apparently, the batteries on the Boonies are uh, dying around about this moment. Oh, okay. oh really? And you can't it, replace them? No. Oh, that's that's a shame. I this radio, no. I say no to this radio. This non-visual TV. Mm. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd assume that it would be broadcast on some FM band uh, that, I don't know. I reckon it's got to be UHF because otherwise they'd have to pay for a broadcast license on FM. Yeah, but then they're only... Are are you going to be able to listen to Channel 9 all the time? Or just the just the commentary, mm. just the commentary. That's just dumb. Is it analog or digital? For ten dollars, it's a radio. For ten dollars, <laughs> I can it's buy a TV an, without pictures. <laughs> I can buy an AM transistor and listen to good commentary on seven seven four or you know ABC local. I, I think you're missing the point. <laughs> right. What to make more money for Channel Nine and the Australian Cricket I'm Board? I'm not saying there is a point. I just think Josh is missing it. That's fair enough. Hey, YouTube uh, have uh, taken off yes. sh- episodes of uh, the Colbert Report, or segments of the Colbert Report and The Daily Show. Yes. Now, oh, uh, why is that? Well, uh, Viacom, who own Comedy Central, MTV, BET and other networks, uh, have uh, asked YouTube to take off anything that includes their content. Interesting they didn't do it... Up until the point when Google bought them out. Yes. And there wouldn't have really been a point in suing them if they'd refused, but with the financial might of Google behind them, they got a lot of compensation they can get out of them. Which which strikes me as odd because nothing has worked to improve the audience of The Daily Daily Show Show. and The Colbert Report like YouTube has. Yep. It's just done wonders for them. It's been... I actually thought that... Uh, Comedy Central were leaving stuff on YouTube on purpose because it was just building their audience for them. Mm-hmm. It was doing all of the hard work. It's fantastic promotion. It's like that Treehouse of Horror 17 little interactive. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's that's really what you need to be doing now. And uh, I, you know, I really thought, wow, what foresight from, uh, from Comedy Central. But clearly, no. Uh, apparently Viacom is in talks with uh, YouTube slash Google about forging content and revenue sharing deal like the one that uh, CBS struck earlier this year. But quite frankly, you know, I don't want to see ads. No. But no. I'd still like to get little little snippets of the Colbert Report on, uh, on my computer. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of shows on Comedy Central... Yes. There was a bit of controversy this week with a new South Park episode, which some would say in very bad taste, uh, pictured Steve Irwin with a stingray, stingray like, through like his the, chest. Like the, the indignant letter in the Green Guide today. Like the indignant letter in the Green Guide today, who I'm willing to bet Ange Connors or whatever your name was, Ms. Ange Connors, I'm willing to bet she hasn't actually seen it. 
No. I, no. Now, I have seen it. I, I, didn't even, I have seen it too. Brett, have you seen it? I haven't. I didn't mm. even realise there was controversy about it. I just happened upon this episode. Right. And, uh, you know, I was looking for something to watch. Happened upon this episode. It is episode 11, I think, of the mm-hmm. latest season of, mm-hmm. of South Park. Now, now, the basic setup is this. Satan is having a Halloween party. Mm-hmm. And are, he, he, are he and Saddam still going out? No, no Saddam's no, in heaven. They broke up ages ago, <laughs> okay. don't you remember? So he's, he's, having a, uh, he's having a Halloween party and the, one of the stipulations is everybody has to come in fancy dress and they won't get in if they're not in fancy dress. Right. And then there's a bit of a ruckus at the party because somebody comes dressed as Steve Irwin, complete with the stingray sticking out of his chest. And it's just too soon. Yeah, so the devil goes and, and goes to this party goer and says, you know, I'm sorry, it's too soon. You can't, you can't wear that costume. And it turns out that it is Steve Irwin. And he says, no, Satan, it's really me. And so Satan kicks him out of the party. Because he's not in costume. Because he's not in costume. It's, it's very funny. It's hilarious. And the thing was... In their infinite genius and wisdom, the South Park people realised that this was going to be a problem, that, you know, that, that Halloween was coming and people were going to dress up as Steve Irwin and, and made a joke out of that. The joke isn't attacking Steve Irwin in any way. It's attacking this how idea soon is too that soon. how soon is too soon and Halloween and whatever and has happened. Uh, a famous comedian, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. but Chris um, Rock. No, no, no. Um, Are you just naming famous comedians? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At random. Uh, Jack Blake. Bill Maher. Bill Maher? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, politically incorrect. Host. Has gotten trouble because there's photos floating around on the internet of him. In Steve In khaki with a stingray sticking out his chest and lots of blood. Right. So, I mean, South Park preempted that. And, uh, and and did a fantastic job. It's a very funny episode if you get the chance to see it. And certainly all of SBS shouldn't be pulled off the air like the, uh, like the naysayers are, are oh, saying. Oh, yeah, that's just ridiculous. Before they've even, uh, before they've even seen it. Just quickly, speaking of SBS, uh, a couple of our uh, wonderful and wise senators during the week came out and accused SBS not only of left-wing bias but also of being porn peddlers. Mm-hmm. yes. Yes, the number of times I've had SBS knocking on my door saying, would you like some juicy boobies? Yes, exactly. I I think the senators are spot on with this. I think SBS does, does pedal porn. I think, I think that any, any graphic porn should be taken off SBS. In fact, I think they should go further. I think that any subtitled film or television show really should be taken off the air. It, It harbors terrorists. And it does. We don't know what they're saying. We it, don't know if those subtitles are correct. Exactly. And if we're getting, you know, why not? If we're getting these things with, if you want to be an Australian citizen, you have to speak the language. Surely the same must apply to TV shows and films. They must speak the language or else we don't want them. For people who don't understand, Ross McQueen is being facetious. That's, that's not true. Fair and balanced. <laughs> oh, like the fair, ABC, I'm, I'm being, being fair, fair and balanced. balanced. I mean, how could they say with, you know, that they've been accused of bias with the whole David Hicks situation? How, how could they say it's bias? I mean, of course, SBS should be standing up for the world's biggest, one of the world's biggest countries and their right to imprison people for as many years as they like without trial. I've, I've said that all along. Actually, mm. the charges have lapsed. And so now there's going to be even further waiting for a trial. 
Because he has to be recharged. Mm. Charges can't lapse when, <laughs> when you're not really... There's no habeas corpus involved. He got charged and uh, they've lapsed and there's the whole new military blur. Speaking of, uh, speaking of getting charged, I, and this is completely off topic and has nothing to do with the news, but I saw the Borat movie last night. Oh, uh, oh really? And, uh, and I just... It, being charged reminded me of Bulls, which reminded me of one scene in the Borat movie. I just have to say, go and see it. Go and see it. Well, we can't yet. No, but when it's when it's out, go and see it. Is it on Definitely. Torrents yet? Fantastic. Uh, uh, can we download it? I don't think so. I haven't seen it around. Uh, and I wouldn't recommend it. I think going, going to a film's a good thing. Go and see a film. So We well, so still get the heads in front of you. So it's well worth it? Yeah. Yeah, I really laughed a lot. And it, and it, is it in the same Borat style that he was in the LEG shows? Is it that, or is it is it uh, like LEG in the house? A more no, of a scripted no, it's, drama? it's more like Borat more itself. More like Borat? Yeah, Fantastic. LEG in the house was quite stupid. Mm. Uh, but this is, yeah, more like, more like Borat. And I hear there's some discussion about uh, a film for Sasha, the fashion uh, character, oh, fashion I don't TV know. character. I haven't heard about that. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. But thanks for bringing that back to some kind of news slash rumour, Brett, because clearly I'm too sick to stay on topic. <laughs> I really am. Hey, Peter Meekin uh, failed to appear in court today. Peter Meekin, head of news uh, on Channel 7. He got done for drunk driving, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. Yeah. And uh, uh, also, he's, a, he's also accused of, uh, of uh, refusing to stop for a breath test. Was he too Sydney? wasted to find his keys? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. Nothing nothing was actually tended to the court and uh, there was no indication given of how he would plead. Uh, he's also accused of driving a vehicle recklessly or in a dangerous manner and disobeying a request to stop for a breath test. Uh, he, uh, he's responsible for today, tonight. And uh, quite frankly... Wait, I, wait, wait. What do you mean he's responsible for today, he's tonight? He's responsible for today, tonight. That's ridiculous that, you know... he. He holds the rest of society up to... I, so, for full details, tune into a current affair. I, yeah, pretty much. I didn't actually see it, but um, Deidre, my wife, was telling me that that night she either, Naomi, either started or finished the broadcast by saying, yes, firstly, we just wanted to set the record straight. Yes, our producer was caught drink driving. Yes, he did, blah, 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 blah. So, they did a whole right of reply back when he was caught before anybody had asked any questions. And uh, before he failed to turn up to court. Yeah. That yeah. was just ridiculous. Hey, speaking of uh, today, tonight, uh, a crew working for the program uh, have been sprung covertly filming on a P&O cruise for the second time this year. Freelance journalist Colin Chapman, his two-man crew, and an underage girl have been thrown off the Pacific Star in Port Vila, Vanuatu. <laughs> Um, an after, underage, what were they doing with an underage girl? After uh, staff caught them secretly filming passengers for the Today Tonight program. Passengers doing what? And why was there an underage girl? What? I need more details, Brent. An underage for what is, is the question. Do, do you need to have photo ID to get on these cruises? No, no. I think underage just means, you know, under 18. Why was she there? What's she doing? Why have they got her? Entrapment. Was she on work experience? What? It's ridiculous. So, and why are they filming? Maybe, maybe there was some well, chance somebody it's... was going to eat her. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> they're, they're, they're obviously trying to beat up uh, the, the case of Diane Brimble, uh, who was found dead in the cabin. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was a terrible horrible story. Horrible story. Yeah. Yep. Terrible story. I'd rather not uh, hear any more about it. Hey, did either of you guys haven't seen Media Watch 
on uh, Monday night. Yeah, yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw it. It was the uh, it was the final one for the year. Good to see the uh, having having a bit of a shot at Andrew Bolt to finish it off. Yes, that was uh, that was great. Really got stuck into him and his uh, global warming credentials <laughs> or lack of them, which was uh, which was fantastic. And and not to labour a point that we have mentioned on this show before and we've mentioned on the blog and lots of other people have mentioned in various things. Andrew Bolt then came out on Wednesday and I've got the article right here. People watching the video podcast can uh, can actually have a look at it here. Mm-hmm. The headline is, I'm on the gorilla. This was his reply. You are a gorilla. This was his reply to uh, to Media Watch, thirty six paragraphs of drivel. It takes up <laughs> the entire page. This is the same Andrew Bolt who says, "Well, why can't you have somebody like me on Media Watch? Why don't I get a say?" This is why you don't get a say. You have your outlet. If you want to let Monica Attard write half of your column, that's fine. Then you can go on Media Watch. Don't cry and say, "Oh, it's all." left-wing conspiracy and it's all unfair you get a whole page to to peddle your crap and nobody can say anything about it five people watch media watch exactly 500 million people read the herald Sun. exactly exactly and of those every one of them reads andrew bolt's column because they either go oh andrew bolt's an idiot i wonder what he's saying read 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 or they go this guy's on the money yeah, uh, I like him. Well, that's most of the Herald Sun readers. That is most of the Herald Sun readers. It yeah. was also very good with uh, Media Watch to see a nice little uh, end send off that she said, saying, "Oh yes, we will be back next year doing what we do best and whatever." It was just a nice little you know thing to the uh, to those that would censor it, saying, "You want us? Come and get us." Yeah. Well, she'll she'll have the opportunity to do what they've been doing up until March, and then it'll be turned into a. Panel discussion show with I doubt uh, it. Uh, two conservatives and two regular ABC broadcasters. I, I really doubt it. I really doubt it. It will, however, have a new uh, executive producer. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see what changes. What happens to the old EP? Just finished, I think. Who was it? I don't know. Someone. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know. I'm not that informed this week. Okay. <laughs> Can you tell? And lastly, in the news, Beck Hewitt, long-time Channel 7 star, oh. has, away. has gone to Channel 9 for the Abermania special. Oh, this damn Abermania special. Can you think of a worse program? What, what's the, what's the, You've the got idea it. behind that? You've got it. You've, what, whatever you're thinking is right. What do you think it is, Brad? I have no idea. I've heard that it's Sarah and Richard Wilkins, and that's not a good start. It's and a 2006 show. Would it have celebrities? Would it have old footage? Would it be nostalgia? No, there are there bands. No, it's bands doing ABBA songs. Oh, even better. It's current bands doing ABBA songs. And what gets me most about this is that it's just current bands covering ABBA songs. Yet, uh, Channel 9 have uh, had to buy this concept or license this concept <laughs> from Granada. <laughs> well, let's mm. face it, nobody in this country is clever enough to think of a, a, a show about cover bands doing ABBA songs. Well, nobody at Channel 9 Creative. 
I really can't wait to see the Veronicas the, do Mamma Mia. The thing that gets me about this is you've got Richard Wilkins and Beck Hewitt. Terrible. Neither of them is any good as a host as anything. No. I mean, Beck Hewitt well, is just Beck? awful. What has she hosted? Like she, nothing. She, she's hosted no, nothing. She's only been... An actress on Home and Away, yeah. No, did you see her on the Logies this year? Mm. Yes. She, oh, with the baby. Yes. She, yeah, but that, it wasn't just her. That was... That was uh, uh, what? Layden. Yeah, but she can't read an oh, auto-cue. Oh, oh, Beckton. Or, yeah, Beckton or um, um, Baldy or something. Yeah. Uh, Mia. Mia. The, the Hewitt. No, no, I'm talking about the, the uh, joint name. The, oh, like, right. I thought Brangelina you were talking about the baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, she just she can't Back read not a cue. It's that simple. I, you know, really, I can't wait to see that train crash. That's going to be on uh, the. You uh, see, I, I no I November can't. November the twelfth. It's going to air. It's mm. already it's already been recorded. It was recorded this week uh, in Melbourne and is going to air November twelfth. Which means that they even think they're going to need a week and a half of editing time on this. <laughs> <laughs> and. I, uh, I really can't wait. So, what's what's Channel Nine's uh, uh, staple in reserve program that they shove on as a double episode when they have to chop off a, a, a show that's not working? It'll have to it'll be CSI. CSI, uh, okay. but this this won't be offensive. No, enough. it's a it's a one it's a it's a oh, it's, it's a one off special. Oh, really? Yeah, they're not they're not going right. to Australia's naughtiest home video. It's, no, no, I was thinking uh, celebrity Joker poker. No, uh, they. Uh, yes. Uh, it's it's just a one-off special. Mm. Uh, really, enough. We've said enough. Nat is the box cutters news. Hi, I'm Josie Pirelli from Chart Busting Eighties, and you're listening to the guys on Box Cutters. And welcome back to the Box Cutters sound. The wonderful, the distant Channel Nine roving reporter James Talia. Good morning. Good evening. <laughs> yes, well, you sound like half my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't even introduce him as our UK correspondent. Oh, of course, our UK our European correspondent from okay. the from the Box Cutters European Bureau, James Talia. That's more like it. I like that. Yes. Hello, guys. How are you? Good, thanks. Now. Jim, I got a uh, I got a couple of text messages from you recently. One was saying you were enjoying London, except for all the celebrity shit that you've had to deal with in terms of stories. And yeah. now, what have you been doing for the last two days? <laughs> for the, well, for the last two days, uh, um, uh, we've been following the saga of Brendan Favola. Oh, <laughs> fantastic! Full forward, who has been. Um, sent home in disgrace from the Australian team, which is playing in Ireland at the moment, of course. Now, I, I got a press release from uh, from Nine yesterday saying that you had the world exclusive on Favola and you were interviewing him in an undisclosed location. Um, yeah, that, that, that's right, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, we did have the exclusive and... Um, how this worked out was that we managed to... Well, he, he left Ireland. He was kicked off the team and um, and left Ireland and decided, rather than going home, to spend a few days um, elsewhere in Europe. And 
uh, we managed to track him down and we went to that elsewhere in Europe and he agreed to talk to us but um, asked us not to reveal where he was. So um, obviously we're sticking with that. Paris. Rome. Ibiza. Yeah, that's Ibiza. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, uh, you know, he didn't want to talk to any other media and once we had him in the can, we didn't want him talking to any other media either. So um, there it is. And, and fair enough too. Now, but let me get this straight, because as far as I understand it, isn't uh, getting into a pub fight in Ireland a lot like just, uh, you know, eating hamburgers in America? Isn't it just, you know, when in Rome kind of a thing? I would have thought, and, you know, I, I, I guess perhaps um, uh, further to that, unkindly, some people might think, that that's the case, especially if you're a footballer. Um, <laughs> I, the, the thought did perhaps occur to me when I first heard about this story and was sent to chase it that, you know, wouldn't it be more of a headline, you know, footballers don't get into pub brawl in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, but as I said, perhaps I'm being uncharitable. Perhaps. And it's a bit of a change of pace from, uh, from your Ashes stories. Yeah, the Ashes stories stories were were really good. Um, we, we 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 were there in the long room when they were packing up the Ashes urn, mm-hmm. which is of course um, the greatest relic in world cricket, one of the greatest trophies in world sport. But it's it's a, a terracotta urn that's only about five inches tall. <laughs> it's supposedly you know filled with the mythical ashes of the bales that were burned and the yada yada. You know, so. yeah, it's 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 great in uh, in concept, not necessarily in size. That's exactly right. But to be standing in the long room at Lords, um, watching this thing getting handled by its curator with rubber gloves, um, uh, and then you know being able to shoot a piece of camera at the home of cricket, because never, never, let's never forget that's the most important part of any TV news story. Um, <laughs> and um, you know that was that was really good. Um, on the flip side, I've, I've also interviewed Shane Warne about the release of his latest book. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, that wasn't a bad story in the end either. So um, once you're in one of these bureau postings, you end up covering everything, um, whatever is happening, um, you need to do, which is an interesting experience. Yeah. And now, Shane Warne's latest book, is that written in segments of 160 characters or less? <laughs> <laughs> Almost, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a picture book. It's an <laughs> you didn't have to read it, did you? Um, no, I, <laughs> I I walked into the press conference five minutes before it started and I picked up a copy of the book and I fl- flipped to the index and went straight to Warn Simone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's good to see you but still know where your audience that, is. He, he was very good about that. He had, he had, had written a little in the book about his, uh, his breakup with his wife. So, I mean, I, I don't want to be too flippant about it. He, he obviously knew that we were going to ask him about it, and he was prepared for that question. And it was the first time in television, on television at least, that he had properly answered questions about that. So that, that, that wasn't a bad story for, for those people who were interested in that sort of thing, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And, and this is why, you know, you're, you're the big journalist and I'm just some schmo doing a podcast because I would have turned to the index and gone, beans baked. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Maybe that would have been a better story. <laughs> why don't you come have a crack at it? <laughs> now, have you, have you had a chance to check out any television while in the overseas? Um, you know... 
England's not the most efficient place in the world, and I've been here two months now, and uh, Sky only came to connect me up last week. <laughs> so uh, I'm still sampling the delights of what uh, cable TV has to offer here. What I can tell you, and what I knew already, is that if you're going to be living here, you better have cable, because there's five um, free-to-air channels that really, you know, not much chop. This is the kind of country where, you know, um, a show can carry a name like two pints of lager and a packet of crisps and make it to air. <laughs> <laughs> Have they still got the topless darts on Channel 5 over there? <laughs> Not that I've seen, but I think you've alerted me to that. <laughs> That's magnificent. But you have been watching some DVDs then? Yeah, I've been... Well, I, I, last week, Ross, you uh, in Box Cutter's Mail um, read out one of my text messages to you about Entourage. That's I, true, that's true. I've finally seen and gone nuts for, especially as I uh, indicated to you, Jeremy Piven playing Ari Gold. That's yep. Gold. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, intended. Um, that's, um, that's been fantastic. And in fact, while I've been in my, uh, you know, secret European locale changing the fev, <laughs> <laughs> Amazon.com has landed Series 2 of Entourage on my desk, so I'm, I'm very pleased to be back in London. Yeah, fantastic. Cha-ching. That's what I say to that. <laughs> but TV here is, is interesting because um, they they now have here what they call Freeview, which is, and there's, but there's been um, some controversy about this back home, about whether or not the existing free-to-air stations should or should be allowed to broadcast on extra digital channels. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can get a Freeview box here, which is literally, as it says, um, extra channels for free, so they're, they're free to air, but they're digital. And you get Sky News on that and, and channels like that, but also other channels like um, More 4 and E4, um, which are produced by Channel 4. So apart from the normal um, terrestrial free to air Channel 4, they're now producing these extra channels. And More 4, for example, carries a lot of the... Um, uh, a lot of the US shows like The West Wing and Commander-in-Chief and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it just it just creates extra viewing options. And, um, you know, that's, that's something we're not doing at home. And, yeah. Uh, but the BBC have for a long time been limited to uh, having their specialised extra channels like BBs and uh, I, th- I think it's two kids' channels that they've got. At the yeah, there, there is a kids' channel, but... but I guess with the Beeb, they're so dominant anyway. I mean, they have um, two... Uh, well, they have the BBC Three and BBC Four are their extra digital channels, but bearing in mind that out of, out of the five free-to-air terrestrial channels, the BBC has two of them. And, yep. and they're, they're a much more dominant force here than the ABC is, for example. I mean, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're really... Um, even more a part of the culture here than the ABC is in Australia. Now, I, and, I, it's, oh, and its influence has really uh, been exerted over the other the commercial TV stations uh, in the way that they schedule advertising and stuff. Uh, so, so you don't have uh, ad breaks every five minutes as we do here. Yeah, there is there is a bit of that too, and that's that's that is noticeable. Um, but it's it's just a different tone all round, I think, to the um, to this. I, I, I you know I don't know quite how to describe it I can't quite put my finger on it it's just a different tone and a, a different feel to watching telly here mm. hey, I can't do any better than that no that, that's good have you caught <laughs> up on any of the uh, the ABC controversies that have been happening here 
Yeah, I've been keeping a bit of an eye on that. Obviously, I, I look fairly closely at the um, at the Australian papers online, and um, well, you know, what, what can I tell you? It's interesting. <laughs> it, um, it really, and we're, we're yeah. going to talk about this in the in the next segment. But the uh, Glass House is. Uh, have uh, had their show cancelled, not being renewed for next year. Yeah, I, I noticed that in the, in the past couple of days. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I, am, am I? I don't know if I'm the only person in our demographic in Australia who didn't think that Glasshouse was particularly funny and found it kind of pretty self-indulgent. I'm right there with you, Jim. Yeah, I... and, and, and and not because of any political overtones. Um, it was just it was just kind of undergraduate, which means it's probably going to lean left as well. But I just you know didn't. Didn't do a whole lot for me. I, uh, I I I did kind of think it was undergraduate, and then I saw Ronnie Johns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes the glass house look like four corners. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and uh, of course, if you were here at the moment, you'd be covering the big state election. I'm I'm sure you're sorry to be missing that. <laughs> yeah, well, I know you say that tongue in cheek, but <laughs> you you also know very well, Ross, that I love a good election campaign. That's just one of the sad things about being a political junkie. <laughs> and uh, while, I'm wrapped up, while I'm wrapped up being in London, I have been looking at our rundowns the past couple of days and thinking, oh, election campaign, and all I'm hearing on the phone from people is, God damn, it's a boring campaign. So yeah, it's, it's, ter- it's been around for a week already, and it is terrible. Well, they haven't actually done anything, have they? No, I saw a billboard today that just said the last Liberal government uh, lost 9,000 teacher jobs. That was all it said. It didn't even have an authorisation line on it. Nothing. Really? Yeah, really. And it'd be a bit like uh, it'd be a bit like orienteering for you, I'm sure, because apparently they're just getting, you know, they're just sending through text messages at the last minute, giving a vague indication of where where the leaders will be. Nothing more. Yeah, you know that's that's fascinating. That's something that was that was. Um that was first started on federal campaigns um, a couple of elections ago. And, of course, what this is about is um, trying to keep your opposition um, in the dark for as long as possible about what you're doing. They, they, they get to the point in election campaigns where they can mobilise really, really quickly. So if the government gets a heads up about what the opposition's doing or vice versa um, and where... The, the Premier or the Opposition Leader is going to be, you can send out a protester, you can do all sorts of stuff. Yep. You remember that, that there was there was one group, I think it was Peter, who had a lot of success um, on the last federal election campaign getting out someone dressed as a sheep wherever John Howard yep. was yes. yep. to protest, I think, against... Um, Live exports, or...? No, oh, the I, think musing. Was, I think it was what musing it yeah. was, yeah. What they do to the sheep to protect them from, from something. Being fly blown. Um, that's the one. <laughs> Listen to Mr. Agriculture here. <laughs> You're a real country boy, <laughs> Um So, yeah, they, they, you know, you, you, you wait for a text message every morning. You wait expectantly by the phone, where are we going today? It's easier on a state election because you're never going to spend too much time out of Melbourne. And if you do, you're probably going to come home that night. It's rare that you don't get to sleep in your own bed on a federal campaign. You could be getting a text message that says, in 15 minutes, be in the foyer of the hotel in Sydney. We're flying today to Adelaide, then Perth, and finishing tonight in Darwin. Yeah. <laughs> that, that makes it exciting. It makes it great, but after six weeks of that, you really, really need a bed. <laughs> the same bed for more than one night. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, that's that's probably why sometimes it's good to be in a small country like England. 
that's exactly right. You know, someone told me the other day that it only takes you know six hours to drive to Scotland or something. I was sure that must have taken you know at least a day. They can't, they can't quite get their heads around. Are you, are you sure they didn't mean yeah. Albury? <laughs> yeah, well, you know that's the thing, isn't it? They, 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 they can't quite understand that you can here yeah, you can drive for three hours and get to Manchester at home. You can drive for three hours and, and you know, as you say, get to Albury. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Well, thank you so much for joining us, James. It's uh, it's great to hear your voice and uh, good to hear that you're keeping busy and abreast of local and foreign stories. <laughs> yeah, and ones in secret European locales as well. <laughs> oh, 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 also, Jim, is it a boy or a girl? Come again? Is it a boy or a girl? What are you talking about? Princess Mary. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, let me see. I'm going to go for girl. Girl? Okay. They'd really like a princess in Denmark. They would. All right, so yeah. girl and, uh, and off-air will get uh, the date and the weight from you, and we'll put that on our uh, leaderboard. <laughs> okay, done. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, James. Pleasure. Good to talk to you guys. See ya. See ya. Just quickly, we're going to talk about the glass house. Now, this has been a big story this week. It's been a big story on the blog. If you've been checking it out, boxcutters.net. Essentially, glass house was uh, decommissioned, I think is the official term. Not renewed. It's, it's It's a commissioned series and the ABC are no longer going to commission it from Good News Week. Uh, now, this comes at the same time that uh, there's been a lot of talk about bias and uh, is there bias in satire? Is it going to be, uh, you know, are shows like The Glass House going to end? And then we see this happen. The obvious, uh, obvious lines to draw are that, well, yes, this is part of it. Uh, and mm. that's, th- that's the lines that have been uh, drawn. Brett, I know you... As, as much as they claim that the decision was made months ago and they just happened to have announced it uh, this week. Well, see, and that's, and that's the thing. that uh, The, the Glasshouse people have said that uh, they only found out about it uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had heard that the ABC were working on another show. And my take on it is that it's not actually about this whole bias thing. Uh, that it is actually about the ABC having produced Spicks and Specs and having Spicks and Specs being such a popular show and seeing The Glass House and going, well, we could do that. I really think that's what it comes down to. Oh, so so actually bringing production in-house on another title? On another title, a different show, different hosts, obviously. I mean, they can't have anything that is, you know, the same as this Good Newsweek production or GNW production. Uh, but having the same kind of concept uh, of discussing the issues in a humorous way, I think they're making a huge mistake in that. Who who is uh, GNW? Obviously, that goes back to Good News Week. Is now that was on Channel Ten, but it started on the ABC. Yes, Paul McDermott. Uh, well, he's not. He's not yeah, part but that's of what it. I'm going to ask. Are they involved in producing the Glass House? Uh, GNW do produce the glass house. Yeah, but who's in? Who's GNW? Uh, is it, is it Paul McDermott, no. Mikey Robbins, and um... no, 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 no? It's it's the producers of Good News Week, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, the exec producer was also 
Robinson. His his surname is Robinson. That's all I can remember at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, First he, name Will. He was also danger, danger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was also the producer of uh, uh, the Big Gig. Oh, yeah. yep. And pretty much any show you've ever seen with a confetti cannon. Mm-hmm. So, so he, the comedy debates, the comedy debates, yep. the, uh, the the comedy gala. Yep. Anything with a confetti cannon. Yeah, it's so freaking tedious and, and when confetti cam, uh, cannons go wrong. <laughs> Volumes would, one through eight. I would love that show. <laughs> I would love that show. So that's that's my take on it. I, mm-hmm. So the ABC have been working on this new show. They want to bring production back in-house, kind of going, well, why should we pay? Because when uh, The Glass House started the ABC was going through this process of we're not producing anything, we're only commissioning things. And I think now they're going, well, we could probably produce things again because these things aren't expensive to make, but they are more expensive to buy. Uh, quite frankly, I think they're cutting off their nose despite their face. I think it's a... Well, like they, it, it's interesting that they're doing it to a show that they were showing twice a week. Yeah, and it's so obviously well, still up and, are. it's still on a Saturday night. So up up until very recently, it's obviously had a lot of support. Mm. And it's a and it it is a, a solid a solid rate for them. They're getting an average of something like seven hundred and twenty thousand viewers every week, and for that time slot, that's quite impressive. But it'll be it'll be one of the primary shows that that have been on the ABC. That ABC management will have been getting it in the neck from various senators over bias. Yeah, I still don't think that... I still don't buy that. I think that if if it wasn't critical uh, of the government, then it wouldn't have been taken off. Uh, see, and, and I, really, I really don't think so. And this is one of those things where we're never going to know. Yeah. Like no one's ever going to come out and say, yes, it was because of bias. Or, now, and they've come out and said it wasn't. I mean, we'll, we'll never know for sure. Now, there's, there has been a lot of... Uh, a lot of coverage in the papers about it. But one thing I wanted to say was uh, Dave Hughes, this is uh, from the West Australian. Uh, Dave Hughes has, uh, the West Australian have come out and said Dave Hughes is angry, which, you know, is, is funny in itself. <laughs> uh, and uh, and they, they allude to the fact that it was, uh, that it was exactly that. It was, it was about bias. Uh, the editorial in the age uh, was was saying the same thing. Uh, there was also uh, an opinion piece in the age today from uh, head of ABC TV explaining the decision and saying it had nothing to do with that, and, and something think, had to go so that they could try something new. And I think no matter no matter what, the timing of it says that uh, you know it, it is going to be used as kind of a, a sacrificial cow for the people who want to show how bad the new ABC is going to be, uh, which is fair enough. Uh, I really, I don't understand the decision. But then again, th- there have been comments on the blog, uh, people saying, well, it is a bit tired. I mean, and Rossi and James were saying uh, earlier on the show that, mm-hmm. you know... I, I, didn't, I never particularly liked it, though. It was, it was, it was never my kind of thing. I, I liked Husey way back when he was on triple r when he was a bit more uh you know when he guessed on the breakfasts and stuff when he was still on the doll and yeah, yeah struggling when he, was a, when he was a bit more underground now i find he's just a bit all the same a bit like you were saying last week with um akmal yep 
I, I think Dave Hughes has found a very comfortable niche and he just... Yeah, just lives in it. Just lives in it. I'm sure he could be much better and much funnier, but he doesn't need to be, so... But I, I would like to see what the uh, what the people from the Glass House do, do next. Mm. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of talent on that show. And the other thing about the Glass House that I'm going to miss is it was a great opportunity for their guests to get some television experience, to get some... Uh, some great commentary out uh, where they ordinarily wouldn't have that outlet. You see, I think that was one of the things that probably turned me off the show a bit. I, I don't like seeing Georgie Parker, David Kosh, any other idiot, half-brained nephews, so you're fool from Australian television. Just going, hey, look how cool I am. I'm on this alternative show. Because I was thinking more about, uh, and this is again going back some years, but when they used to pretty much just have comedians on mm. uh, and people like Justin Hamilton who would come on, do a great show and Michelle Laurie, uh, you know, has, has done some great spots there and, uh, you know, I think we're going to miss that as as an outlet for local comedians. I think you're right though. I don't care what Georgie Parker thinks. No. Uh, or if she thinks. No. Maybe uh, that, maybe that, oh no, she's not. Did they have Joe Stanley on any time recently? No. No. no, but also you know, yeah. years ago they used to have Amanda Vanstone on. It it was interesting in that respect, but I, I haven't watched it in a year. Mm. Uh, I can't say I personally am going to miss it, but I think the audience definitely is going to miss it. And uh, whoever is smart enough to you know pick that up, I think, and not spoil it, they they might have an audience follow. SBS maybe. Possible. Are you one of those that follows the answer? Follows, 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 follows the answer. Now I can talk as much as I want. Got the sly look. Sly look. Sly look. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. A uh, relatively recent series of ads that have been on our televisions show some fresh-faced young idealists who work at McDonald's. Oh, my God. Who are sick of the lies and the slander. Oh, my friends keep on attacking me. They say McDonald's food's no good. So they, uh, they, they drive themselves out to the meat processing plant. We decided to find out. <laughs> to find out the real story. The real story. Uh, and they, uh, they point you in the direction of this, obviously, McDonald's-sponsored website, which is called makeupyourownmind.com.au. Uh, this is, of course, in uh, they've they've done this uh, to kind of to strike back against films such as Super Size Me, and uh, this latest wave of ads has come because of Fast Food Nation, which has just been released here. I which is which is directed by the almost talentless Richard Linklater. Well, I didn't realise with uh, with Fast Food Nation, the tagline for Fast Food Nation is "Make up your own mind." Really. So obviously McDonald's have tried to do a kind of a, uh, a a a preemptive strike here in some way. I mean, clearly McDonald's don't want you to make up your own mind. <laughs> so uh, th- this choice of words is is quite interesting. I'm not I'm not quite sure what they're doing here. I think they're they're hoping that uh, 
people, some people are astute enough to think, hey, there's something going on with fast food, I need to get to the bottom of it, but not quite astute enough to get to this website and not realise that it's complete McDonald's propaganda. And I think they got, really got knocked around with Super Size Me. Oh, for I sure. Think they I mean, the whole, the whole healthy choices. That was, yeah. That's the whole reason McDonald's yeah. started this whole healthy choices range. Now, but, I've, um, I've just finished reading uh, Fast Food Nation mm-hmm. and... Uh, I have to say it's it's a much better book than I thought it was than it, I thought it was going to be. I thought it would mm-hmm. uh, just be a whole kind of McLeibel, oh, McDonald's is the worst thing in the world, and uh, and it's not. It's really about how uh, the the whole industry has changed the way food is processed and uh, and basically how bad it is in the long run for economy and uh, and health and etc. And it. It makes some valid points. Now, I haven't, I haven't seen the film. Uh, I can't say that I have high respect or, or sorry, high, not respect, uh, high expectations for the film, mainly because I hold Richard Linklater in such low regard. Uh, but, you know, if, if people don't think that uh, greasy, oily, fat-filled food is bad for you, then people just don't think. Mm. It, it really, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work that out. No, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but anyway. it, it is interesting that they, uh, yeah, that they obviously, I mean, they deliberately chose to use this same tagline from the film. Yeah. So, so it is interesting, but I, it's one of those things where I saw it and I thought, wow, that's really interesting. I can't for the life of me think out, or think why they would have done it or what they're hoping to achieve by that. But, uh, but I also want to know how, because how old are these McDonald's employees who have gone to uh, to the meat processing plant? Seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, I, I find it hard to believe that they're not stuck in therapy now. It's, I don't know <laughs> if anyone's ever been to a meat processing plant, but quite frankly, they're. Uh... Well, I've seen I've seen two of these ads. I don't know if they're anymore, but they're not like the McDonald's stuff I've ever seen. There's not a pimple among them. Really? No, they're fresh faced, clean. They're actors, Ross. And they never went to the meat pressing. So, so you, you're telling us that people aren't working in McDonald's for six dollars an hour. Going, my God, I'm so sick of all these people saying bad things about McDonald's. We've got to drive out to the meat processing plant in on our, our weekend, in our free time, in our free time to figure out what the real story is. No, yeah. <laughs> wow, I, I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't buy any of it. Hi, I'm Jess McGuire, and you're listening to the lovely word spoofing boys at Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jess McGuire. Love you, Jess. Uh, in the fall season, we're talking about Shark, one of the shows. Now, Shark, I really... Uh, I started, Brett Cropper, you, you put me onto Shark. Uh, yeah, you did. Okay. Yep. Whether or not you know it, you, you put me onto Shark. I knew nothing about it, but the title started watching it and went, oh, James Woods is in it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. It stars James Woods as uh, this hotshot criminal lawyer who uh, basically cannot lose a case. He knows all the tricks. He knows 
everything. He he knows how to manipulate a jury. He knows how to work them. He knows how to work a client. He knows how to work a, a witness. He just knows how to work and how to how to kind of go on the shady side of of the the right. Yes, and uh, and get what he needs until one fateful day when uh, when the the client he is uh, gets off representing um, gets off. And, uh, you know, a few weeks later, uh, whoops, he's killed his wife. And uh, he gets off for beating his wife, for beating, beating his, his wife, wife. And then he's killed almost her. killing her. Yeah. And then he's actually killed her. Uh, and he very sleazily says, hey, my lawyer's here to the cops or something. Similar. Yeah. You, I can't you can, remember the exact yeah, line. It's something like you can give up now. My lawyer's here. And uh, this really throws. Here's a breakdown, essentially. Yeah. Doesn't wash. Uh, what's what's his surname? His surname is Stark, I think. Yeah, I think it's Stark. Uh, but he's called the Shark, mm. and well, he well, says he doesn't like that. No, he, he, he and doesn't not like too many people actually calling that in the series. He's so. called Shark and Stark. Yeah, which and, gets a little confusing. And he, um, so yeah, he, he for six months does nothing, lives in his big expensive house, uh, and uh, and does nothing until one day. Ring, ring. It's the mayor. The mayor asks him to join the district attorney's office. Uh, of course, this brings up the tension of traditional rivals. Well, he has to work for Seven of Nine. Yes. Who's the, Jerry the Ryan. chief DA. Jerry Ryan. Who, uh, and, and who he's been head-to-head with many times in the court. And so there's a, an animosity between the two. Can I also just point out that there is a real-life story about Jerry Ryan that is being mirrored in Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Uh, this story about the uh, the head of the network, the new head of the network, uh, and her ex-husband saying that they went to oh, underground yeah. sex yep. clubs. Yep. Jerry Ryan's ex-husband uh, used to take her to underground sex clubs. It was a, a terrible thing. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, yeah, so, and he wrote a book about it? No, he didn't write a book about it. But, but it got out somehow. It got out somehow. He was sleazy, sleazy bastard. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, so Jerry Ryan, who's always lovely to look at, was great to look at in Boston Public, great to look at in uh, Star Trek, and uh, uh, and also not, not a bad actor, generally. Uh, so they go, they go, they've been head-to-head a, a number of times, and, uh, and now he is working for her. She puts him down in the basement, a la Ainsley Hayes, and, uh, and is given the worst new recruits to the DA's office to work with. Along with one young upstart who wants to work with him so yes. she can pick up his dirty tricks. Yes. And... Uh, Which I found I found very... There were parallels with his young team with uh, what goes on in House. Essentially, it's House. It's House with lawyers. That's really what we're looking at. Except uh, Stark's not as grumpy. He's, no. He's not, he's, he's not as... Uh, sociopathic and james woods is just a pleasure to watch no matter what he does he's really one of the greatest actors in the world and yeah there, there are certain scenes where you just go he's phoning that in but other times where he's just so on the ball you can't help but put a smile to your face when when you're watching him work the the other the other cast members really May as well just not turn up some days. And there is there is uh, an ongoing complication uh, where his his 
I think for some time been divorced from his wife and there's a daughter who's just turned 16 and she got to choose which parent she lived with and the mother was moving to New York and uh, it looked like the daughter was going to go with her and then she said, no, I'm staying with my father. Um, but uh, she she's seen the bad that he's done as, as a criminal lawyer over the years and uh, kind of acts as his conscience when he goes a little bit too far in... Um, I mean, even though it's it's working for the DA, uh, it he's goes still, a little too far in kind tricks. of entrapping, yeah, yeah, the witnesses and and destroying witnesses. It's so, a, so it's like his little portable heart of gold that keeps him on the right. It's not a great show, but it's a fun show. I think it's you know it's the sort of show that if you didn't watch it every week, it wouldn't matter. But if there was nothing else on television, you could watch it and and get a little bit of entertainment out of it. Uh, is it's kind of very simple television, but uh, yeah, not not at all bad to watch. Yeah, see, I was a bit more meh. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think you would like it. It's meh. it's got nothing for you. I'm so sick of you know lawyer shows where they're hotshot lawyers and at the last minute they think of the twist that proves that they win their case and blah blah blah. Boring. I don't know. Tried and true. There have been moments of Perry Mason about it where uh, he actually gets the person who really did it to, to break down in court and and tell the story in court. Yeah. But there's but there's nothing anywhere near as good as, say, uh, the... Uh, what was the, the David E. Kelly? The practice. The practice with the, their plan B. Mm. Nothing nearly as good as that. Uh, interestingly, according to Media Week, uh, Channel 7 are intending at this stage to screen it over summer. Really? Apparently so. Really? So, um, they uh, obviously don't think too much of it. Well, they've got they've got enough other stuff to to show. They've got Ugly Betty. They've got Heroes. Yeah, but you'd think this would be a perfect mid year show. Yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, unless they just they don't want to leave it too long, or maybe yeah, they're doing a know. Channel Ten OC Jericho yeah, thing. Maybe. So uh, that's Shark. That's Shark. Shark. Onto the class. Well, I wanted to start by talking about a uh, premise. Yep. A, a premise for the show is a basic construct or idea behind a show. And uh, <laughs> when, when you've got a, uh, a, a comedy, the humour is supposed to be derived from that premise. Uh, a man finds... So, uh, a, Andrew, Andrew McCarthy starts dorming with Rob Lowe, has sex with his mother. Mm-hmm. Is that- Rob Lowe's mother. Yes. Not Andrew McCarthy's, Not Andrew McCarthy's mother. Is, so is, this, is, is it based on that film? No. Right. No. Uh, so, for example, a, uh, a man finds a genie on a beach. Yes. I dream of genie. Right. Uh, a slob moves in with a neat freak. That's a bit odd. The odd couple. Right. I think we have here the worst premise for a show ever. In the history of television. Is with, Billy Connolly the teacher? With the class. Billy Connolly is not the teacher. No, that's head of the class. A guy... Is scratching it. A guy organises a reunion for his grade three primary school class in an attempt to impress his fiance. What? That's it. That's the premise for this show. It sounds a bit no, eddy. No, that's, that's, that's the premise for the first episode, surely. And then no, the next episode is... That's the premise that's, for the whole show. I don't oh. get it. So do we ever get to the reunion? Yeah. The reunion's at the start. Okay. Right. 
And so then... And then it follows the lives of the nine people affected by the reunion. No, that's the nine you're oh. thinking of there. The, uh, <laughs> so I, I, I don't get it. So the... Uh, well, you, you get it enough, trust me. <laughs> but Because, so, okay, well, let's go back to Adrian and Jeannie. Man finds a genie in a bottle on the beach. The rest writes itself. Yes. Two guys... Well, surely the rest of this writes itself too. No, no, it writes itself up until the end of the first episode. And then, what? Now, Where does it go? Obviously, there's, uh, there's more to a show than just a premise. Unfortunately for the class, <laughs> the, the premise is about the best thing it's got going for it. Oh, no. Uh, this, Who's in it? I, I have no idea. Right. I didn't recognise anyone. This is uh, this makes the stupid adventures of dumb Elaine <laughs> seem like high-quality art by oh. comparison. Uh, this is skull-shatteringly awful. Uh, the jokes uh, uh, of the calibre of, hey... This guy's gay. Hilarious. Uh, and uh, uh, foreigners. Yeah, they've got funny names. And they talk funny. Again, equally, equally hilarious. How many episodes have you watched, Russ? I've watched three. Uh, so what happens after the first episode? I don't understand. Well, it kind of continues on from the first episode. <laughs> I'll explain it off air. It's really not worth Is going into on Is the whole show it. just about the reunion? Or does the reunion end and then the show continues? The reunion ends and the show continues. Do we continues. have any flashbacks to grade three? Uh, just just the credits and the odd occasional uh, the odd occasional shot of like a kid looking sad or something. There, there's another really funny bit. There's a guy who's suicidal and every time he swallows the lethal dose of pills, the phone rings. Um, laugh track? hilarious uproarious <laughs> laugh track like uh like there was people with machine guns pointing at their heads saying <laughs> laugh harder laugh harder uh and all of this might be forgivable it's just that as well as the non-jokes it is crammed with this absolutely obnoxious sentimentality so uh it's all i can do to not throw the television out the window because I'm hating it so much and hating the characters and yet somehow I'm supposed to care that the jock got back together with his high school sweetheart. Uh, does the guy succeed in impressing his fiance? No, she splits up with him. Because he's such a loser that he thought this would be a good idea? Yeah, essentially. Somebody greenlit this show. Well, this is this is somebody the thing. piloted this show. Ha, who who comes up with this idea? Like I've taken it a step back from that in my thoughts. Who this this sounds like a committee driven show to me. I can't imagine anybody thinking, "Oh my god, I've got to get this story to to the screen. I've got to get this story about a guy who organises a reunion for his grade three class." You know that old Kurt Russell Disney film where uh, the, the barefoot executive. I know the name, but uh, I haven't seen it. Where uh, he's got a monkey and the monkey's in charge of a TV network. I might be mixing up uh, I might be mixing up concepts here, but it really sounds like a monkey yeah. has has come up with this idea. It does. It does. The sad thing about it is uh, the first two episodes were directed by James Burroughs. Oh, really? James Burroughs has done so much great television. I mean, he's done everything from Laverne and Shirley through Bob Newhart through... Cheers, friends. Friends. I mean, he's, he's done heaps of stuff, and um, and you know, to be kind of whoring himself on this now is 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 really sad. This is the sort of television that should come with a health warning. 
It's yeah. absolutely dire. Do not watch. That is The Class, and we also talked about Shark. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. And that brings us to the end of the show. Oh, we've got to do some pork very quickly. <laughs> A very quick round of uh, movie yes, movie no. Okay. Uh, Con Air. Yes. Bring Out Your Dead. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Really? No. 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 That was awful. Scorsese, isn't it? Oh, it, it is, is Scorsese, you know, it's, but it's awful. It's the film that finally said to me, Scorsese, no. And yep. Nicolas Cage. It is awful. No. You and, haven't seen and it, And Robert De Niro. No. You see, if you, you're saying yes now, see, for, for Brett, it's a movie, yes. Then he'll see it. Then he'll see it. It's, it's a movie, no. It's also written by Paul, uh, what's his name? Taxi Driver. Yeah, Paul Taxi Driver. Watch it on TV and watch five minutes of it and you'll go, oh, movie, no. It's atrocious. <laughs> the original Planet of the Apes? Yes. Firehouse? I, no. I don't even know for, what that for is. For those who don't know what that is. Ron Howard? Uh, it's no. Richard Dean Anderson, a.k.a. MacGyver, who stars as one of a group of firefighters who must adapt and accept when a woman paramedic joins their midst. Oh, I changed my decision. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a movie no for sure. Uh, also, I just want to say, uh, I think next week we should maybe go over the fall season just quickly because I think, you know, we did a lot of them when they were on for one or two weeks. I'd be interested to see what we're still watching, what we're still liking. Because I think with that, there's things you would watch and things you wouldn't watch. But I think there's also, you know, things you could watch but probably aren't. So yeah. it'd be interesting just to and, see. And a couple of things that, that we haven't covered that don't really deserve a whole segment, but I'd like to mention quickly. And Yep. Hey, an update on my uh, alternate episode theory on Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was just episode two that didn't have the great big dollop of cheese of American community, yeah, let's get together. Oh, so and, you're saying American 2 was the only, uh, episode 2 was the only good one and the rest that, has been crap. That didn't have that cringe scene of yeah. everybody pulling together and yeah. making it all okay. Yeah, Maybe that's what uh, Axel Whitehead was trying to do, trying to get everyone to pull together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, masturbation joke. Go! Um, Tench uh, was talking with Guy Sebastian last Thursday. Yes. And uh, was uh, drawing a parallel with Prince, talking about him being a dirty little person. Um, the fact is that uh, he's actually a Jehovah's Witness and uh, has sworn off women smoking, drinking and swearing. Um, so, oh. Tench, your figures, or your, your research is wrong. <laughs> is that what we're doing now? We're attacking fictional characters. <laughs> is that what the show has become? Well, you know, Tench is putting himself out there. <laughs> and, and speaking of which, he's shorter than that freaking, that weatherman who, who was doing... Tench is? Yes. Have you, seen, have you seen the photo mock-ups that he's been making? He's shorter than Tom Cruise, shorter than Rove. Oh, really? His, his head is like... That big, really? and his body's out of proportion, but just smaller. Uh, for, the, for those, uh, for those you listening saw me on at home, my video podcast, uh, <laughs> that big was really about four inches. <laughs> right, there is no video podcast. And uh, Chris Lilly's shooting uh, Summer Heights High, yes, in Melbourne oh. over the next eleven weeks. So okay. hang on, he just finished a series and now starting another series. No, no, no. I think uh, I think there might have been a bit of misinformation when whoever it was last week said that. <laughs> Said that he'd almost he'd finished shooting. I'm point I'm pointing in in a certain direction. It's not at you, Ross. 
and it's not at me. Hey, I just uh, quickly want to mention before we go, uh, big congratulations to my buddies James and Lee, who for the third year in a row topped the American box office with their Saw trilogy. Yeah, they have. Good um, on them. They've done great stuff. Two great guys, very talented, really deserve it, so congratulations. I can't see what they come up with next. Mm. And uh, and big fans of box cutters, apparently. Uh, yes, Sure, apparently. why not? <laughs> hey, if you're a big fan of box cutters, you can email us, hooray at boxcutters.net. Uh, you can also check out the blog at boxcutters.net. That brings us to the end. Put your thoughts on the comments there. Of Box Cutters episode 59. Thank you very much to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast. Hey, you know what that means. 60s next. Is that how numbers work? Unless we do do what we did. You remember with 41, we skipped 40 and did 41 and ended 40 the week after. Unless we did that whole thing again. But Yeah, I can't remember why we did that. It was weird. <laughs> I, I can't imagine That's, that we'd do that again. No, I can't imagine we would do that again either. We never did that. I think we wrote down the... I said, said the wrong title or we uh, wrote down the wrong thing or something. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> did I say thanks to 3 Triple R, who's the studios we use for recording this podcast? You did. Uh, until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Hey, hey. Oh, Ross McQueen. (laughs) (laughs) I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there.